Welcome to the Profitable Happiness Podcast, where we interview highly successful workplace wellness executives, experts, and entrepreneurs, and learn how they have found success where happiness meets business profitability. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Profitable Happiness Podcast, and it is my pleasure to introduce you to Carlos Saba. Carlos is a PhD, believe it or not, in atomic physics, but he is the leader of a business that is all about workplace happiness. Carlos, it's my pleasure to talk with you today. Tell us a little bit about how you got on this journey from the PhD in physics uh, uh, to you know a happiness leader uh, in the in the in the corporate workplace. Thanks very much, Dr. Pele, for for giving this, me this opportunity to talk here. It's uh, it was a bit of a, a circuitous journey. Um, uh, it's really about following my nose. Uh, when I was at school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and uh, mm. the way it happens at school in the UK, at least, is you have a careers advisor and you answer some questions about. Uh, things that you're good at and then they tell you what job you should do uh, and I entered some some stuff in the form and they told me I should become a uh, an actuary so essentially someone who just calculates probability for insurance and that was the most uninspiring answer I could ever have um, I was good at maths um, I was good at physics mm -hmm. uh, and essentially I just enjoyed those things and I just followed that path of doing stuff that I enjoyed Mm -hmm. uh, and I ended up doing a PhD in atomic physics. What I then found out was actually doing research wasn't something that gave me joy. I enjoyed the learning, I enjoyed the discovery, but it's a, a long arc of work. You know, it's yeah. 10, 20, 30 years, sometimes very lonely. So the life of researcher wasn't for me. So at the end of three years of studying for a PhD, where most people say, why, why did you spend all that time? Because I enjoyed it, yeah. but I knew when to say no, and I, and I stopped that. And then from there, it was, what do you do? Uh, I wasn't sure. And it was a very, again, a, a serendipitous journey. My wife's uh, best friend was working for a web design agency. Um, I went to a party. Uh, the party was in this beautiful bohemian loft in the middle of central London. Mm -hmm. uh, there was hip-hop music, people coding, people smoking, people drinking, mm -hmm. some woman dressed in black with piercings all over the place came up and talked to me i eventually found out that she was the founder of the business uh, she was asking me what what are you doing now i said nothing i said do you want a job i said okay and then i got a job <laughs> and i got job as a as a junior code monkey just mm -hmm. doing building websites within three years i was a director of the company i was enjoying the work and then it got to a point where I didn't like the politics. I wasn't clear about the vision for the business. And I said, I didn't like this anymore. And so I stopped. Nice. At the time, I'd acquired these skills of building websites. I was a technical director there. My best friend from school was a web designer. And we thought, why don't we go into business together? Mm -hmm. And I knew that it wasn't about the money. The thing that I, things I was doing wasn't about the money. Um, and I thought it was about the status. But really, it was about just enjoying the work. And so working with my best friend, doing stuff I enjoyed uh, on, on projects that, that seemed creative and interesting, well, I thought that was a great thing. So both him and me, we started our own little web design agency. We ran that for about eight years and we started working with startups and entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And then we saw that actually um, it was a bit challenging working with entrepreneurs when they had a very fixed mindset. They would say, all right, this is it. I want to build this and this should succeed. 
and they would tell us what to make and how to build it. Um, and without kind of understanding that this was a bit of a, a iterative journey, it's yeah. especially if you're building something innovative and new, you're never sure exactly what the outcome is, but you, you have a process and a, a, a lean startup uh, approach mm-hmm. where you test and, and iterate to find out what's the thing that's really going to provide value. Mm-hmm. We needed to teach more of our clients to do that. But the other thing we wanted to really communicate to them was actually, um, well, why are you doing this in the first place? Because that's the question we would ask them all the time. It's like, why is this important to you? Because that would create the story behind the business that would then connect with the people who are their customers. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we did lots of probing. And a lot of the time, we spent a lot of time talking and asking these questions. They didn't, they didn't want to answer them because that's not what they wanted us. They didn't pay us to do that. They paid yeah. us to build their websites. Mm-hmm. But we were saying, actually... To do this well, we need to know more about your story and know, understand why is this important to you. So we thought we can't actually make our clients do this. We need to actually get them before they start their startup. We need mm-hmm. a school for startups, but we also need a school for startups where purpose and passion and meaning is at the core of it rather than just money. So we thought it's about happiness. So yeah. why don't we just build our own happy startup school? Wow. And then it's from there that things started to change. It started off purely as uh, an idea and a manifesto, a belief that we had. So we wrote up the things that we believed that business was about and we put that on a website and we allowed, asked people to sign up if you believed in what we believed. Mm-hmm. I think within a few months, we had a thousand signups. Wow. And within six months, we met more people and felt like we made more connections than we ever did in 10 years as an agency. Wow. And so we started to do workshops on the lean startup and happiness, purpose, mission, kind of combining those things into ways that we thought would help early stage entrepreneurs in particular get energized and motivate, motivated to build the businesses that they wanted to build that actually um, suited them rather than just about the money. Yeah. And it got to a stage where we had two businesses running at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, a web design agency and the happy startup school. Uh, the agency was doing really well. We had some really good clients and we were building products. Uh, and, but the Happy Startup School had this, this potential to mm-hmm. really make an impact. And so we had to make a decision. We, can't, we didn't have the energy to run both businesses. And we had to look at, well, if we ran the agency, where would that take us? And if we were in the Happy Startup School, where would that take us? Yeah. There are well-known paths with agency models. You grow the business, you get more people, then you grow the business more by getting new offices. Mm-hmm. And that didn't inspire us. That essentially sounded like uh, a business that was about feeding the beast because mm-hmm. you get more people, more mouths to feed. And so you'd have to find more business. And we would end up not doing stuff that we enjoyed anymore. We'd just be managing people. While the Happy Startup School just felt so much more engaging and exciting, meeting new people, traveling across the world, helping people really build stuff that really matters to them and to the people they want to serve. Mm-hmm. And so we just shut down the agency. Wow. You know, we didn't sell it. We didn't try and uh, exit in a, in a particular way. We, we just closed it down and said, okay, that served us to a certain point. Now we're on a different journey. Yeah. And that's seven years ago. Seven years ago. Wow. You know, I, I, I love some of the things that you've said about your path and your business. For example, you're focusing on helping people optimize their businesses for happiness and not just for profits. Uh, you've said that um, you want to help people place meaning above money because sometimes when you focus only on money, it can hurt your business. 
you know, obviously those are very lofty goals. You've used two words that I always use when I talk about myself. You use the word circuitous <laughs> and you've used the word serendipitous. <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, we go all over the map. We, we find ourselves sometimes by luck. Um, but now here you are at the Happy Startup School. Tell us a little bit about what the Happy Startup School is. Do you have a defined set of, um, you know, ideal clients? What challenges do they have? How do you serve them? Hmm. So I'll, I'll give you the short answer. And this was, um, this was a, we were helped to find a way of phrasing what we do, really the kind of the core, the why, by yeah. our good friend Charles Davies who has a process called clear ideas. Mm. And, it's, and it's usually, it's a phrase and a sentence that underpins the work that you do. And where we got to was we create spaces for people to find um, their part, their role in the world before it's too late. Ooh. And that's fundamentally the why behind us. It's like mm. finding your role in the world before it's too late. Yeah. How we do that is we help early stage entrepreneurs build businesses that align with who they are by asking what is it that lights their fire? What mm -hmm. is it that brings them, gives them a, that they're passionate about and the things they want to change in the world and how mm -hmm. can they help other people make those changes? Mm -hmm. And so it's about um, balancing the money and the meaning, the meaning side of things getting really in tune with what your values are and what it is, uh, the change you want to make, the impact you want to make in the world. And then understanding how to communicate that in a way that creates value for people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's understanding the, the tactics and strategies, the marketing, the value proposition, the selling, the pricing, the product development side of things, but underpinned by, by a real confidence and clarity as to why you're doing it uh, and why it's important to you. And that being a way of creating an authentic message for your customers and your audience you know carlos <clears throat> you mentioned the idea of helping people finding their roles before it's too late i, I find that very intriguing you know in today's <laughs> fast-paced changing world of business you show up one day you try to sell one marketing widget uh before you know it everybody sells the same thing <laughs> um how do you decide when it's too late what does it feel like what does it feel like for these folks you you help to wake up one day and they just literally are not fulfilling what they thought business should be. Everything's already passed them by. How, how do you help such folks? I would say it's not so much, maybe not so much the technology or the business or industries have passed them by. Mm -hmm. It's that they felt that they've lost their way. Mm. And they've thought that success was defined in, one, in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And they come to the conclusion that that, isn't giving them that feeling of happiness that they thought they should be achieving. Mm -hmm. And then it's re helping them reframe what does success mean? Mm -hmm. And is it that success had been defined by other people mm -hmm. and they were following other people's priorities and what they thought was important mm -hmm. rather than thinking about what was important to them mm. and what is really true to them. And that is really the part of, in a sense, um, before it's too late is that before you realize actually you could uh, spend more time on doing the stuff that you love or the stuff that you're passionate about or the stuff that gives you energy. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think that the idea of external happiness versus internal happiness and serving people from an authentic place is, is, is probably sort of what you're talking about. I wonder if you have a special mechanism that you use to help people explore or expose um, those feelings. You know, and I'm thinking here of, you know, an audience of folks that may be listening to us saying, hey, I, I'm considering either starting or expanding my business. How do I get on the right path before it's too late? Hmm. So we have a, a, a canvas called the Happy Startup Canvas, which you can find online anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look it up, you'll also find a, a post that kind of describes how it works. Mm -hmm. And it's broken down into eight segments. Mm -hmm. um, you can simply think of it as uh, uh, two halves of a, of a pyramid. The top half is the meaning and the bottom half is the money. Mm. So with the top half, we ask you to think about your vision, mm -hmm. your purpose, your values, and your story. So with the vision is, what is it that, what, is the, what does the world look like that you want to create? Mm -hmm. How, what does it look? And with the purpose is, what is your role in creating that vision? Mm -hmm. What is it that you're going to do to make that happen? And the values are, uh, what, what are your beliefs? What is it that, that, that motivates you and drives you to make the decisions you want to make? And the story part is how do, you, how do they all tie together in mm. a way that, is, that you can communicate to people that they understand? How, why, is it, why is it your mission? Why is it uh, important to happen? And how are you going to make that change happen? Mm. To tell that in a narrative that, that lands at an emotional level. And then the bottom half is the more mechanical side of things. It's like how do you articulate? What is the problem you're trying to solve? What is the real clear problem that you're trying to people, help people with? What is the, then what is the solution that you propose for that problem? How is that better than anything else that other people are trying to solve that problem? And then who is it you really want to help? Mm. Being really clear about the audience that we call them the early adopters is that idea is that if you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And a lot of the time, many of the founders that we talk to, they're actually talking to people like them, people mm. who experience the same challenges they did. So being really clear about who they are and the language that they use and then again, you consolidate and synthesize that into a value proposition. How do you articulate the problem you're solving, the solution you're trying to uh, offer, and who you want to help in a sentence and a way that people get, whether that's a co potential co-founder, potential investor, or your next customer? Mm -hmm. And so following that process of trying to uh, use that framework of the happy startup canvas and marrying the money and the meaning, your vision of the world you want to change and the solutions that you want to put out there to make that world happen, that is kind of the foundation or the DNA of a happy startup. And we'll get people thinking less about just the money, but more about how it all aligns. Nice. So basically, you, you must have some form of a... Uh, a training uh, center or an approach where people come in and learn these principles. And then I suppose you, you help people to implement these principles. Is that how you go about um, helping these entrepreneurs get into the business that they want to be in? Yeah. So the, the biggest thing uh, that I've, one of the key things I've learned is, is getting started is hard. Zero to one is the most challenging thing. There's this imposter syndrome, the fear of failure, not knowing where to focus. And so that's where our courses come in, where we have the Happy Startup Canvas course. We have also a program called the Purpose and Profit Program. Mm -hmm. And it's a way to really deconstruct the spaghetti of thoughts, ideas, and feelings in our minds when we're thinking about 
building a business. Mm. When you get to that stage of clarity, and then that's part of that initial start phase, we then have a community of entrepreneurs uh, that are trying to do the work. And, and the key thing there is, is there's no single path to success. Mm-hmm. It will depend on what changes you want to make in the world and also your own context and the speed you want to go at. But the thing that's common for every entrepreneur out there is it's a lonely journey mm. and that it can be very confusing. It can very chal- be very challenging. And to have a safe place to find support and also get feedback on ideas, particularly early ideas that you don't necessarily want to show the world quite yet, mm-hmm. having that place, that community, that's going to be the, the support that you need to move forward. And, and how you grow will depend on, on various parameters in terms of whether you want to be the next unicorn startup or whether you just want to, what they say, lifestyle business that, mm-hmm. that, you, that feels good and, and gives you the money that you need to survive. Uh, and so for us, it's the journey from start to grow to lead is getting the foundations and fundamentals of why you're building this business and what is it that you're trying to do, uh, mm-hmm. how are you trying to help people. And then that growth part is a much more emergent journey where it's about being in a cohort of other people at a similar stage or maybe a stage before so that you can ask advice or share challenges and also share successes so that the journey feels a lot more happy and pleasurable rather than just a slog. Absolutely. You know, you are someone I think who knows the way, uh, has gone the way, and therefore has earned the right to show the way. Um, so I'm sure you use, your, you use your own experience of the serendipitous discovery of, of self and purpose a lot in the things you teach. I also love the imposter syndrome thing you, you talked about. So many of us wake up in the morning and go, am I, am I truly uh, good enough to do this? You know, can, I, can I actually uh, make this happen? Let's talk a little bit about success. Um, what does success look like in, in the world of workplace happiness, in the world of entrepreneurial uh, happiness? How do you, uh, what does a, a great student success story look like? Do you have any, any you'd like to share? Um, so for me and for the people who, who join our community uh, and continue uh, to go on this journey, success isn't a destination. Mm. Success is a feeling. Um, in the same way I think about happiness. Mm-hmm. Happiness isn't um, essentially a, just a state of mind or a, or, or a feeling. Happiness mm. is a way of living. Mm. And it's when what you think, what you say, and what you do are aligned. Mm-hmm. Because we will along this journey that we'll always have challenges and setbacks and issues. And, um, but it's how we then overcome them and how we maintain a sense of we are in the right place doing the right thing um, and going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Because I think unhappiness is when we feel conflicted and torn yeah. and we are fighting with what's present and what's in front of us and, and our situation. But when you can accept what your situation you're in and, and take control of where you want to go by working and living more intentionally mm-hmm. and being driven by an intrinsic motivation, something that's inside that mm-hmm. wants to come out, um, then that's, for me, the success that we want to create in on entrepreneurs. So it's not however many thousands of followers on, uh, on social media or yeah. how much money is in the bank, but it's more about does this path that I'm on feel the, like the right path? Mm-hmm. And am I on a journey in company with the right people 
so that whatever comes in along in front of me, I'll be able to tackle no matter what. Yeah. And that I'm in here and I'm dedicated to be in here for the long haul and not just for the five year exit. Yeah. Or, or less. <laughs> or less. We, we know, we know how uh, sometimes businesses end within a year. <laughs> um, you know, let's, let's talk about that connection between uh, happiness and profit. Now, I know that in a lot of the things you've said and, and shared, you want to make sure people balance purpose and, and you know, a, a, a place of meaning with all of that. But, you know, you and I also recognize that a lot of people may hear the word happiness and go, oh, that's very fluffy and it's, it's way out there. It's, I mean, how do I connect that to business profitability in my business, right? Um, what have you seen in the world in terms of the link between starting a happy business business or, or having happiness as a, a front face and, and people actually feeling like they're getting their employees to be happy, getting, getting systems to produce profit. And how do you kind of get involved in that conversation? Hmm. So that sounds to me very much around building teams and building cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, a, that's quite an a intricate, challenging part. When we think of a simple way for me thinking about happiness and profits is maybe in the context of selling. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, you know, one of the biggest challenges of any business, whether it's, uh, you know, services or products, um, you can have the thing or you can have the process or the, uh, or the, the service that you have, but whether people are interested or whether they trust you or whether they buy from you, that's going to be core to whether you make any profit yeah. because it's all about the sales. And so if you can do that in a way that feels authentic, that feels that connects, that feels that you actually understand what they need and not so much, you know, a lot of people, when they think about sales, they think about some slimy used car salesman trying to give you something that you don't want. If you can think of sales in a more empowering way where you really believe in the change you want to make in that person's life. Mm-hmm. And you can really describe where they start from A and you want to get them to B and you are vested in that transformation, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. And you can do that from a place where you can authentically feel where they're at now and describe where they could be mm-hmm. and describe exactly the journey they're going to be on and not feel scared. Because that happiness thing is like when you feel like the whole imposter syndrome or whether you're not good enough or whether the products and service, whether someone thinks your product or service is for them or not, is a judgment on you and mm-hmm. whether you're good enough, mm-hmm. then that's going to stop you from selling mm. because you're going you're to be scared that if someone rejects you, they're not rejecting your product, they're rejecting you. Mm-hmm. So if you can flip that and with that happiness mindset, know that this is just something that you're channeling. The work that you're doing, the products you create, the service you provide is just something you're channeling, channeling to help other people whether they reject it or not isn't about whether you're good enough. It's mm-hmm. just they're not in the right place for your product or service. Yeah. And so you say, thank you very much. I'll go and find someone else who, who needs me more. Yeah. And so that builds resilience. And that's the other thing around the entrepreneurial journey. Mm-hmm. It's about resilience. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that happiness side, that alignment, it means that you will tough it out through the challenging times because you know why you're doing what you're doing. You're not waiting for someone to say, oh, you're good. That's great. You reach that level. You're this, this type of business owner. You're in it, again, like I said, for the long haul. It's a, it's a vocation, yeah. not a, a, a competition. You know, you've mentioned uh, resilience. Uh, you've also mentioned earlier reframing. What important things? I'm going to add one R, and that is relationships. 
right? Mm. So, you know, you get into these big companies and you find out that the number one thing is building relationships. Um, I happen to, you know, see that as a big challenge that entrepreneurs face as well. But as we wrap up here, you know, you've got this uh, happy startup purpose and profit program that I find very intriguing. Um, How can people connect with you to learn more about how to make these connections uh, between happiness and purpose and profit? What's the best way to get a hold of you, Carlos? There's a a number of ways. Uh, If you just want to see, the first way is to go to the website. Uh Go to thehappystartupschool.com and you'll be able to find out more about us. But from that website, you'll be able to access the podcast, um, get onto our blog, which is on medium.com. If you look up the Happy Startup School there, you'll find all our blog posts and the stuff that we talk about, the, the journey of the happy entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also have lots of videos from our Happy Startup Summer Camp uh, and from talks from people on this journey of purposeful entrepreneurship, trying to balance basically the money and the meaning yeah. uh, and doing that in community. Like you said, Dr. Pele, the, the idea of relationships and how we connect with other people, mm-hmm. which in the end is also about the quality of those connections with other people is going to be dependent on the quality of the connections we make with ourselves. Absolutely. Well, Carlos, we have arrived at the end of our time together. And boy, I wish we could talk for another hour. (laughs) But um, thank you so much for uh, sharing your vision about purpose and and, and profit and happiness and how all those things uh, come together. Um, Everyone, uh, please know that you can connect with uh, Carlos online on LinkedIn as well. And I'll have all of those in the show notes. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. It It was a pleasure. All right. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. For more episodes, visit drpalay.com. And remember, get happy first and success will follow.